Adult content intended for an adult audience only as this contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of this story is purely fiction and not intended for anything but the enjoyment of the listener. If you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. 80th by X Scribbler Mabel, a retired professor of electrical engineering now 74, had been a widow for over two decades. Living alone, she didn't need the big five-bedroom house. She kept it mostly for her visitors. Today she had two, one long planned, the other impromptu. Joan, her best friend for over 50 years, had arrived a couple of days ago for a three-week visit mostly to celebrate her 80th birthday two days hence. Their friendship dated from when Joan then a PhD student had undergraduate Mabel as her student in an engineering math course. These days, Joan was a functional widow hubby had gone Alzheimer's a few years back and was now completely and permanently incommunicado. There was no real point in visiting him anymore. Joan, a math teacher, was mentally sharp as a tack.I in addition to Joan there was Mabel's other visitor was her only nephew, Andrew who had arrived unannounced this morning. A 37-year-old scientist, he traveled across country frequently, was welcome to drop in extemporaneously, and often did, under cover of Mabel's standing invitation. Andrew's bag was still beside the kitchen door as Mabel did introductions. He and Joan had never met, but felt as if they knew one another well, since each had heard an extenso about the other from Mabel over the years. Sitting and chatting over coffee, Andrew had been instantly captivated by Joan's wit and charm. They quickly discovered a shared interest in fast repartee especially three-level puns larded with double entendre and sexual innuendo. When Joan and Mabel were talking to one another, Andrew studied both women discreetly. Mabel unfortunately seemed the older mostly because she'd gained some unneeded weight, and her skin hadn't aged well. Too much sun early in life. Weight notwithstanding, Mabel was actually in good condition she insisted on her daily hour or more of yoga, a fifty-year practice. Another long-time yoga practitioner, Joan had fared better, aided by both genetics and her long-standing determination not to call it obsession to stay in good condition. She and Joan did their yoga together during every visit it was nice to have a partner. Andrew watched as Joan got up for more coffee she moved with a subtly feline grace and smoothness due to five decades of dance atop the yoga. Although always an amateur she had, in fact, danced core in a big professional production of Cats long ago. Joan was small, just short of tiny, about 5'2 and 1'10" light-boned, childless and slim-hipped, with the gentlest potbelly it was perceptible only when she was standing and completely relaxed, which she didn't let happen often. Andrew was pleasantly surprised to see she still had a genuinely attractive bottom. Unlike so many elders, she had no slightest trace of their common bow-legged flat-butted droopiness. More details accumulated. She had piercing brilliant blue eyes, lovely facial and neck skin that befitted her age but nicely so parchment-thin and carrying plenty of wrinkles that showed mostly when she smiled. Lips still full and attractive, with none of the creeping. Old lady. Vertical simian lines. Not a dot of makeup anywhere, either. Only the backs of her hands fully agreed with her calendar age, but even there the age spots were light and hadn't yet begun to coalesce. Beautiful, unusually white teeth, 
an asset she was inordinately proud of and which got very special care. No upper arm waddles. No extra chins. No overly loose neck skin. Her long hair was pure as silver, not a streak of color anywhere, and still looked soft and flexible and full-bodied. He shook his head mentally as he studied the hair she'd done one of those. Women and their hair things. That men find so mystifying a tight bun, held improbably in place by a single lacquered chopstick. He wondered what it would look like if set free and floating, a special liking of his. In toto, Andrew decided rather to his surprise that he found this woman extremely attractive despite their wide age gap, a gap that inverted the usual arrangement for attraction. It didn't hurt a bit, either, that she was an incredible flirt and practiced on him almost nonstop. After two hours of coffee, juice, pastries, and delightful conversation, Andrew's bag still sat beside the kitchen door. Mabel finally noticed it, jumped up and said, Andrew, Joan's in the number one room downstairs you get the other. She turned to Joan. Of course that means you'll have to share the bath. I assume that's okay? It has two doors, you remember? Joan said she could manage. Andrew knew the layout. The bath sat between the two relatively large, well-appointed guest rooms and had a door to each. The rooms had floor-to-ceiling window walls that looked due east out into the garden. Andrew disappeared downstairs with his bag. Joan and Mabel moved to the living room. Andrew reappeared in a few minutes, in running gear. Mabel looked at him closely. Up and down eighty or not, she appreciated a good male body. Andrew saw her appraisal, recognized that she had intentionally let him see it as part of her flirting, grinned at her, stuck his tongue out, said he'd be back in an hour. Then they could all do something about lunch. Light, preferably dot he returned as promised, sweaty and glowing, to find lunch on the table. Joan mentioned wistfully that she no longer ran walking yes, lots and fast, but running no. Some body parts were getting far too delicate, she was having a not-yet-obvious struggle with osteoporosis, and showed them the slight hump she was developing between her shoulder blades despite her efforts. Andrew commiserated as best he could, then announced to Mabel's utter surprise that he had taken up yoga himself recently, and complained in turn about how much his runner's hamstrings interfered with everything yogic. Joan suggested that later, say well after a light supper, they should all do an hour of yoga together. Maybe, she grinned, these two old women could give him some useful advice— the third downstairs bedroom was Mabel's dedicated yoga nook. Tiny, really nothing more than an oversized walk-in closet with no window and little ventilation but it had a ballet bar, a big wall mirror, and good wooden floor. For one person it was fine, for two, marginal but adequate. For three it was a close fit, and all had to be both friendly and careful. The women had done yoga together for decades, and had their routine. Andrew followed along as best he could, Keeping up brought him into another good sweat pretty quickly about 80% of the strength in the room belonged to him, but the two ladies had about 95% of the total flexibility and balance. Many times when he was unable to even approximate a pose, the women would stop and help. In particular, Joan's touchings were frequent and uncompromising she was enjoying herself immensely. So, for that matter, was Andrew. The ladies practiced in licra swimsuits fabric tight and thin enough to show more detail of underlying surfaces than they seemed aware of, but he knew not to believe that they were less than fully cognizant of their display. Andrew's earlier, upstairs appraisal of Joan's fully clothed bottom was obviously bang on correct. It was quite pretty. The women's bare legs were a contrast Mabel's thighs had absorbed much of her added weight. Joan's legs were slender, the skin texture matching that of her face, lots of wrinkles at the bends, but no loose and flapping excess. The underlying muscles were obviously lean and firm, particularly the calves. Nicely, her toenails hadn't gone old peopleish. 
Joan's flexibility and overall strength and balance were an inspiration, and he told her so. She grinned at him. When he could do so covertly, he studied her upper body. She had small boobs, quite soft, and of course flattened beneath the licra. It was delightful and surprisingly erotic to watch their subtle shifts in shape and position as flesh and gravity and licra argued with one another came to a different detente for every pose that he had to stop watching closely or he was going to lose concentration, which could be disastrous in such close quarters. Not only that, he could feel the first twinges of blood filling his cock, which astounded and amused him. Those twinges only got worse during a final ten-minute pose namely corpse pose for relaxation aka shavasana. The ladies lay with heads to the east, he lay between them with his head west. He was careful not to let his outstretched arms encounter Mabel's nearby legs. Somehow, however, his forearm and Joan's calf wound up nestled cozily against one another. It wasn't clear who might have created that situation, but neither of them took umbrage, either volunteered to initiate a breaking off, and the subtle undercurrent of sexual tension from mutual touchings and visual inspections had long since filled the room's humid air with strong overtones of male and female pheromones, a chemical stew thick enough to be actually perceptible, not merely subliminal a chemistry actively engaging receptors deep in all three reptilian brain centers. It made his shavasana less than perfectly restful. Later, at evening's end, after long conversations and a bottle of good Merlot, Andrew and Joan said goodnight to Mabel and headed downstairs together. Joan called dibs on first shower. Joan's shower noises began, continued for some minutes, then changed to subtler toweling off sounds. Andrew was lying on his bed clad only in his running shorts, propped on a pillow, reading. He held the book in one hand the other was buried in his crotch, absently fondling. Joan popped her head around the door, peered at him. He jumped guiltily, draped the book over his lap in an utterly unsuccessful effort to cover his half-risen hard-on. Joan gave no outward sign she noticed anything awry but her belly did some spectacular flips. Your turn, she said. I set out your towels. I think I'm going to just turn in, so I'll see you in the morning. Andrew nodded, said. I'll probably wait until morning for my shower, but thanks. Joan disappeared. Quiet rained for a few minutes. Andrew read a bit, then turned off his light, slipped off his shorts, lay on his bed uncovered, idly playing with himself. He finally decided that he needed some relief from the erotic tension the yoga and the day's flirting had generated, and that he could be quiet enough if he were careful. But he had to pee first. He stood up the bed was a good one and completely silent. He didn't need the room lights. It was just after the rising of the full moon and its silvery white light was streaming horizontally into the bedroom through the wall window. He stepped to the bath, opened his door the oil he put on during an earlier visit still worked, and there was nary a sound from the hinges. The bathroom was dark inside, but light enough to see that Joan's door was about a foot ajar. Her room lights were out as well. Not wanting to disturb Joan's sleep by making mamping noises, he sat down, tucked his half-hard cock between his legs and against the bowl's surface. No splash, but peeing through a soft on was always a bit of an adventure. The cool porcelain was somehow erotic and as his bladder emptied, his cock filled still more. Having drained his bladder, being polite, he decided to delay flushing until morning. No point in bothering Joan. He stood. The carpet made his movement noiseless, but there was a rhythmic, just barely sensible sound coming from Joan's room. Curious, Andrew stepped to her door, slowly poked his head through that he gaped. She was lying nude on the navy blue sheets, face down, legs spread wide and pointed right at him. The horizontal moonlight made her into a silver object of complex curves and planes and inkjet shadows lying on an ebony field. The picture was breathtakingly sensual. She was lying atop one arm, 
Between her legs he could see her fingers dancing. His cock inflated quickly to full stand fascinated, he opened the door wider, to get a clearer view. Jones sighed deeply, then rolled over. Andrew almost jumped back, but her eyes stayed closed. Her hair was loose now, splayed out into a perfect silver halo about her head, contrasting mightily with the bedding. Her hand stayed pressed against her mound, her fingers in steady motion as she spraddled her legs wide again, then brought the soles of her feet together, strained upwards with her pelvis point thirty seconds of high-speed fingering passed without apparent resolution of her tension. Then, with no warning, she opened her eyes and looked right at Andrew. Her fingers stopped moving, the hand stayed put atop her mons in a vain attempt at modesty, but she made no other efforts to cover herself, just seemed to accept his presence as odd, but not threatening. After a long, slow breath, she said quietly, What are you doing standing there? I heard something, didn't know what, and looked in. Right now I'm watching a beautiful woman play with herself. It's very arousing, you know. She considered, then replied, Sorry if I made too much noise. I was trying so hard to be quiet, too. Hope I haven't embarrassed you. Her breasts lay flat, sagging far sideways, yielding to age and gravity. They retained no real resistance to flow. But her nipples were brilliantly erect, and stood up big and rough-looking, casting long inky shadows in the moonlight. Andrew replied, Embarrassed? I don't think so. I was getting ready to do the same for myself, as you can see. And for a nickel he stepped well into the room, held up his heart on, a silver cylinder. She eyed it. Besides, he said, what's there to be embarrassed about? Every human does it. It's free, probably prevents cancer, renewable, low-calorie and fun. Fui on embarrassment over body functions. She sighed, shook her head, and said almost laughing, you should add, and sometimes difficult, to your nice, sensible list of adjectives, Andrew. How so? He queried. It's very difficult for me to reach a climax. Very. Always has been. Always worthwhile, though. And the difficulty means I've probably missed out on a good bit of my share of such things, integrated over a lifetime. He looked at her steadily for a few seconds, then said quietly, May I come over and sit beside you on the bed? She was startled by the unexpected question and didn't immediately reply. He seized the initiative, took her lack of answer as implied permission, and stepped forward. Still she managed no response she was mesmerized by his body, most especially by his cock. It bobbed as he moved, the shadow of his arm lay across the few inches closest to his belly so that the tip and half the shaft seemed to float free of the rest of him as he approached. She watched its approach with the intensity of a mongoose eyeing a cobra, but part of her mind was otherwise occupied with the furs of glittering moonlit hairs on his thighs and calves, with his overall outline 110% male and his. I'm in command. Body language. Her belly was suddenly nodding, a sensation just short of Maldemare. Andrew sat close beside her, their hips not quite touching. The bed was solid, quiet, taking his weight like a miniature earthquake, with a little shiver and tilt. She could feel his body heat on her leg, and felt herself enveloped in the remnants of the earlier pheromone cloud, a subtle but extremely obvious effluvium of male sexuality and exercise that he moved slowly, gently as a falling leaf he laid one hand atop hers that covered her crotch, then whispered, I strongly suspect that I can help with that difficulty problem. If you'll permit me? I'd love to try. His hand was huge, the fingertips draped over the edges of her hand, tickled and played delicately in the creases of her crotch V, twiddling the few soft pubic hairs that age had left her. For thirty years or more she'd had almost perfectly hairless pits and arms and legs. She had no idea when the last time was that she'd shaved anything. 
Joan also had no idea that such ultimate nudity was hugely erotic to Andrew, who hadn't merely noticed it, but had already studied it in some detail even if briefly. His gentle, sensual tickling was enticing, adding to the belly churn, but he pushed no farther, waiting for her to respond. Why would you want to do such a thing? She asked. Don't be silly, Joan. You're a beautiful and extraordinarily sexy woman. We get along fabulously. This is the ultimate of romantic sexy situations. Better than anything I could dream up, in fact, and lots better than anything that's happened in my love life lately. She shook her head and smiled. Andrew, you're being absurd. All that is highly complimentary, but absurd. Tempting, but absurd. Absurd, absurd, absurd. I'm over twice your age. I'm an old woman, Andrew, osteoporosis setting in, saga and baggy everywhere. A thoroughly used, living antique basically worn out. You can't possibly find me attractive. Absurd. Balderdash, said Andrew. The statement broke the tension and Joan giggled she couldn't remember ever having heard anyone use that word seriously. He leaned forward as if to kiss her. The move threw her into instant confusion approaching panic. But she didn't have to react because he stopped short, reached out and tapped her forehead. What I am attracted to is, really, what's in here? The package is incidental so long as all the parts are present and functional. That's all I could want. And your package, madam, is much better than merely acceptable. Age is not an independent factor here, much less a determining one. He continued with body language, bent forward unexpectedly and firmly sucked one very hard nipple deep into his mouth. She half gasped, half sighed, and her free arms slid around his shoulders. Her breasts provided Andrew with a whole new suite of oral sensations as its tissues flowed into his mouth like custard, conforming to the complex geometry of its new container. The nipple lodged far back against his palate, and he savored it, pressing and rolling firmly. Joan couldn't speak the pleasure flooding her was far too intense for that. For Andrew, the tit was delightful, hugely erotic, utterly different from trying to nurse on a more solid, younger system. Less mature boobs couldn't possibly fill his mouth this way. And he enjoyed it immensely. Andrew picked up her free hand, carried it to his crotch, wrapped her fingers around his erection. As to your nonsense about how I can't possibly find you attractive, well, madam, this proves otherwise in terms you can't argue with. Her fingers gripped him snugly, explored. You're shaved? He nodded, said. Yep. For years and years. I like things that way. The more nerve endings one can make available, the better. She stopped moving her hand, gripped him solidly. This is an amazing compliment, Andrew. You're right, I can't argue with it, although I certainly don't understand it. I am enormously flattered. Thank you. They stayed like that for almost a minute while Joan ran a fingertip delicately around the rim of Andrew's cock, back and forth, making him twitch. Finally, Andrew lifted her other hand away from her mons, laid it on her belly, and shifted his weight. Hold still. She did. Her breathing almost stalled that he slid his hand down her belly to between her legs, cupped her mons in his palm, brought the middle fingertip down across her clit, and circled the opening she was slippery wet. Yet another old age myth debunked. His palm settled firmly over her whole mound, pressing solidly on her clit as he entered. The touches made her shiver violently, then gasp again, her hips involuntarily pressing to intensify the contact. Inside, Andrew found her positively hot, hot, and very snug indeed. Apparently nobody perhaps nothing had been here for a very long time. He circled her cervix, gently waggling it about, determined that she enjoyed the action, then added another finger and curled the pair forward. It was the easiest to find G-spot he'd ever encountered. 
Jones' hips bucked up hard as he pressed, stroked, pressed again, softly ground her clit between palm and pubis. Suddenly she was arched upwards, muttering through clenched teeth. Oh. My. And then words failed her as she came so strongly that she was utterly out of conscious control, shaking and shivering and spasming for tens of seconds. He let her settle down. When she caught her breath, she asked in total amazement. Jesus! That can have taken twenty seconds. How did you do that? He grinned, said. Technique. Practice. Knowledge. Caring about my partner. I get most of my enjoyment out of giving my partner pleasure. I can't imagine what you mean that you find it difficult to come. Damn few women can come that quickly or that hard. You're a lucky one, Joan. She was suddenly speechless, again, in thirty seconds, a whole lifetime of unfortunate experiences and deep self-doubt, destroyed, he took the initiative. As she held on to his cock, he began a long, slow trip with lips and tongue, right down her midline, starting at the tip of her breastbone. He explored her navel, then continued south, and as he neared his obvious target, Joan caught his head between her hands and made him stop, then turned his face towards her own. Andrew. I know, at least in theory that is, where you're going and what you intend to do. But, I guess it's true confessions time. I've never experienced that, so I really don't know what to do. Isn't that silly? Andrew felt her tension, replied to ease it. Silly? Damn surely so. If nobody has ever gone down on you properly, then you've had a lousy suite of lovers. It's my favorite sport, Joan. I simply adore doing it. And by most accounts, it gives women about the most intense pleasure humanly possible. We should help you find out if that's right, don't you think? She shook her head at first he thought she meant. No way, not on me you don't. But he was wrong. Andrew, more true confessions. I haven't had a lot of lovers. I've had sex with exactly one man in all my life my husband. He had, well, an incredibly low sex drive, so I gather from my friend's analyses. I married him at twenty-five, and I suppose we had sex every month or two, but as far as he was concerned sex wasn't a big emotional deal, it was just to try to have kids. I think he was relieved when I was diagnosed as absolutely infertile, and he simply quit. She shrugged expressively. Andrew, I was only thirty-four that was forty-six years ago long before you were even born. It wasn't until I was forty that I finally had my very first orgasm. I did it for myself, following a sex self-improvement book. You have no idea how proud I was of my discovery. In fact, every orgasm I've ever had has been self-induced. A giggle broke through her seriousness. Every single solitary one except for the most recent one, that is. Yours. Ours? I mean that tornado that blew through here a couple of minutes ago. Or was that two or three orgasms, not just one? I couldn't really tell I was too busy to count. Andrew waited. She was done for the moment. Then he said gently, Big adventure coming for thee, then. Your job is to lie back, relax, and let me give you the best e-ticket ride of your whole life. Okay? She nodded, bit her lip, released his ears. His breath wafted over her clit. She shivered with anticipation, arms and thighs covered in goosebumps, breath on hold, heart thundering, chest and armpits drenched with sweat. His mouth hovered at breathing distance as he slipped an index finger deep into her pussy, then added something entirely new the middle went fully into her bottom. Before she could sort out all the sensations, his mouth descended. Thirty seconds later she was convulsing, thrashing, bouncing in a fury of climaxes, multiple, extended, repeated, bounding from one impossible height to another with astonishing rapidity. She held on to his hair with one fist, 
jammed the other into her mouth to keep from informing the entire world of her ecstasy. Minutes later he let her subside, exhausted and dripping sweat, so deeply flushed across chest and shoulders that he could see it in the moonlight. He disengaged his hand, slid up along her belly, helped her wrap her legs around his waist, and entered her at a glacial pace, settling his face towards hers as they joined in ultra-slow motion. The long, slow glide and blending seemed to simultaneously dispel the tension and regenerate it, but in a different form. She pulled his head down, took possession of his mouth with hers as he bottomed out. The only words she managed to say before sensations took over yet again were, Oh my god. Thank you. Afterwards they lay together with him on top, carrying his weight on elbows and knees. He hadn't let himself finish, preferring to enjoy watching her. She sorted through all that had happened, finally asked him in a tiny voice. Andrew, I haven't, we haven't made you come yet, have we? Am I doing something wrong? He laughed, complimented her on being able to keep track of such a thing, and explained. He liked watching, being an active participant, and not utterly driven towards his own momentary pleasure. She'd done far better at pleasing him than most of his lovers ever did their first time together, and of course, they would shortly make him come, not to worry in the least about that. And would she like to try his absolute favorite sexual thing? Yes, indeed she would. Whatever he wanted, if she could provide it, she would do so, without hesitation or reservation. He arranged her to his purpose frog-like, with widespread knees face pressed into the pillow. He knelt behind her. She felt incredibly exposed and that made her wet and tingly again so fast it astounded her. He had her spread her buttocks wide to his view, her bottom pointed straight into the moonlight the exposure making her excitement increase by the moment that a tongue tipped delicately around her anus, then deep inside made her breath go rough and choppy. The sensations were peculiar. Nice peculiar. Then the tongue investigated her pussy entryway for a second, finally concentrating on her clit's underside, pouring gasoline on her inner fires, then a moment of cool abandonment, and a finger slipping into her bottom. Suddenly she understood, and it made her heart skip a beat. He meant to have her bottom. His mouth returned laid down a coating of slippery wetness, then he was squatting behind her. His cock was sliding deeply into her pussy, bottoming out in a new way against her cervix. She muttered up to him. I like that. It's sort of animalistic. You're really deep inside. Feels good. Really good. He slid out, placed his cocktip against her anus, pressed. Joan, if you like me being deep inside you, you haven't felt anything yet. Relax. Big fuck coming and I'm going to get pretty urgent shortly. Lots of energy and flailing about. You are responsible for your clit. I'm just going to be entirely too busy. Okay? She bit her lip, nodded, then whispered. Okay. And pushed back against him. Together they slid him effortlessly into her pulsing, clamping rectum. He didn't stop until her buttocks were firmly plastered to his front. You want a deep, lady, and now you have it. No man including me will ever get any deeper into you. After all, your pussy has a closed upper end, and your bottom doesn't. He began to move with long, slow, careful strokes. A sensation vaguely like fire seemed to flood out of her bottom where they were joined, flowing over her buttocks like oil spreading on water down her thighs. It kept moving until it totally enveloped her, until she was almost screaming out loud with the sensations, until her fingers on her clit set her at the very razor's edge of the most intense orgasm of her life. She could feel him pounding deep inside. The promised male urgency now fully developed. Each stroke made her feel that surely on the next one his cock would reach the back of her throat. Then a long, breathless pause. His hands went beneath her to catch and cup her hanging breasts, 
capturing her nipples roughly between thumbs and forefingers. When he squeezed, she exploded. Inside her, he followed suit. A tiny piece of her mind continued to function, counted the throbbing spurts of semen as he sprayed her insides. 7. A lucky number? They lay together spooning, spent, silent. Drowsily she asked. Andrew. Would you be interested in staying right here the rest of the night? He squeezed hard and kissed the back of her neck as he answered. I thought you'd never ask. But I need clarification does. Here, mean just, in bed with me. Or does it mean, in my butt? She giggled, responded strongly. Both. 2 a.m. Andrew was asleep. She had dozed off with him, then in a short while awakened quite ready for more. She investigated. He had half a hard-on already, even in his torpor. Amazing! Her touches first wakened him, then brought him fully hard, wordlessly. He rolled over onto his back, cocked proudly in the air. She tilted it up and said, Lovely thing you have here. Would it be all right if I tried something? I'd like to be on top. Is that okay with you? I've never done that. It was okay with him. Ten minutes later, with her soft hanging breasts being lovingly caressed nonstop by his palms, she generated a long progression of climaxes, starting softly and gently ending finally in a crescendo with her thighs shaking, leaning forward so that Andrew could nurse to his heart's content. He complimented her again very few women could actually come that way. She preened slightly, collapsed slowly onto his chest, then slid off his still rampant cock. One more thing, please, teacher mine? Anything her heart desired, he responded. With a little grin, she told him. We need to do something for you again. Can't be selfish, you know. Generates bad karma. Her mouth engulfed his cock, another first, a final virginity to be discarded. Joan found the shape and texture and process completely fascinating. She was a fine pupil, both attentive to instructions and innovative. When he was straining upwards with his feet balled into fists, she paused long enough to ask, Is it okay if I make you come this way? Would you like that? He allowed as how it would be okay, and yes it would please him. She had his full permission to continue, and right now poor favor— his convulsions made her feel intensely powerful. She studied the semen, then swallowed. When he could speak again, she snuggled up against his chest and said, That was special. It's all been special, of course, but somehow I particularly liked getting your sperm in my mouth. It was like a gift, about as intimate as ever one could be. He squeezed her and replied, Well, this whole night and all our activities have been a gift in both directions, believe me. You can call it my 80th birthday gift to you if you'd like. She raised up and kissed him hard then shook her head. Nope. Can't do that, sorry. Birthday presents only count as such when they are delivered on the very day itself. Which means, Sarah, that you are going to have to do every bit of this again two days from now. That is, if you want to give me a proper and very inventive birthday present. He laughed, returned the kiss, slid his hand between her legs, struck fingers into her pussy and bottom and waved them about, generating sparks. Hell, lady, that's two days off. Maybe we should do a full dress rehearsal tomorrow, to be sure we get it right on the big day. 6 a.m. came. Joan woke to find him hard again, pressing into her back as they spooned. Quick as lightning she rolled him onto his back, straddled him, sat down to drive him fully into her pussy. Then she raised up, repositioned him at her anus, winced as she found the angle and pressure a bit misset. Together they adjusted things, and voila, the problem evaporated. As she settled and took up the needed rhythm she grinned down at him. I locked in the early morning brightness and said, I'm going to get one more contribution out of you before breakfast. And who in the world would have thought I'd ever be doing this? In my but for God's sake. 
and loving every second of it, too. Hold still, I want to do this all myself. At least, I want to do all the moving myself. Okay with you? It was. And she got her contribution. Eventually, Andrew arrived at the breakfast table before Joan. He just hugged Aunt Mabel good morning and sat down when Joan appeared, looking positively radiant. Mabel said, My, but don't you look chipper this morning? Sleep well enough? Joan hugged her and replied that yes, indeed, she had, and she'd had some of the most amazing and delightful dreams as well. Mabel harumphed, muttered something about being told the dreams later, privately. Joan sat down across from Andrew, and Mabel turned back to work on coffee at the stove. Under the table, hidden by the old-fashioned red and white checked vinyl tablecloth, Joan stretched her foot out, settled it snugly in Andrew's lap. She was delighted to find a resurrection already well underway, and so soon. It boded well, proved that the whole of last night's wonderment was not a dream, not a one-shot wonder. At the stove, Mabel said without turning around. I'm afraid that I have to go to my office today. I still serve on doctoral committees. Probably I'll not be home before five, earliest. Andrew grinned at Joan. That's okay. We understand. Joan and I seem to be pretty compatible. I'm sure we can find something interesting to do. Joan patted her foot against his renewed hard-on. Mabel was lucky she was turned away, didn't have to meet them face to face for a couple of seconds otherwise she'd have cracked up entirely. As both an accomplished electronics engineer and a confirmed closet voyeur, she'd spent most of the night monitoring and recording her guest's antics, using the two ultra-mini high-resolution low-light video cameras she had installed some months ago in each guest bedroom. Those cameras and their recorders would, of course, be running all day whilst she was gone. Who could predict what she might find on the tapes? Right now, she took the moment she needed to compose both her face and her reply, then took a deep breath and turned to face them with the coffee pot in her hand. Oh, I'm sure you can amuse yourselves. We're all adults here. Now who wants coffee for starters? The End This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Visit the other channels for more stories with a different focus. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out.